In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. So we spoke about Lent and the meaning of Lent. And we've said that this is a time for preparation, especially that it's preparation for the resurrection. You know, we prepare ourselves. And in the resurrection, we see one of the most important characteristics of God. And that is his faithfulness, that he is trustworthy. We all want to put our trust in something. We have to. Even if it's your satellite navigation to get you from one place to another, your diary to remind you when things are happening. I was going to say the news to let you know what's going on, but that's not really the source at the moment. But we do want to put our trust in something. And they are all things that are, at their core, either by definition or potentially fallible. Because they are things that are imperfect. They are things, they are things that are subject to human nature or human control. And that's why in Proverbs 3.5, we're all very aware of this verse, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. Now, does that mean we shouldn't trust ourselves? We shouldn't think? Because many people will say to you, well, you know, this is what this Christianity stuff is about. It's about cancelling your mind. It's about not thinking for yourself. Yes, yes, trust in the Lord. And don't lean on your own understanding because you are disempowered. But we know that's not what it means. It means trusting in the Lord with all our hearts, including the wisdom and the intelligence and the discernment that the Lord himself has given us. So when it says, lean not on your own understanding, it means don't lean on just your human understanding. But trusting in the Lord, what does that mean? It means that I trust that he will direct me and guide me. And there is discernment and there is decision making in that. I need to listen, to discern, to decide, and then to act or do. And so that trust is really heightened when we look at what God has done for us. It, it's really easy to be disheartened these days. It's really easy to, to feel that you've been let down, that you've been abandoned. Whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's politicians and policy, whether it's issues of social justice, whether it's what you can or can't believe when you're looking at media or news. It's really easy for us to think everything and everyone doesn't give us a sense of honesty. Because it's either best case scenario because of a sense of fallibility that we're limited, or worst case scenario because people have interests and want to lead us in certain ways or want to deceive us or want to make us believe things that aren't really true. And so we lose that faith and that trust. But then we remember. 
we remember that there is something else in life. There is someone else in our lives. There's a beautiful passage in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 52. It says, They shall besiege you at all your gates until your high and fortified walls in which you trust come down throughout all your land. And they will beseech you at all your gates throughout all your land. So let's break this down. They, the enemy, whoever they are, they will besiege you at all your gates. What's a gate there? A gate is, it controls, it controls access, who's in and who's out. A gate is, is something that gives us a sense of safety. You know, um, when you're insuring your car, they ask you whether it is parked in a gated property. Because a gate makes a difference. When you are buying a house or buying a unit in an estate, one of the things they say, it is a gated estate. It's a gated premises. This gate gives a sense of safety. This is a gate. No one can get through it. It's privileged. It's, it's specific. But he says, they will beseech you at all your gates until your high and fortified walls come down throughout all your land. High? Because again, what gives you... What's a good wall? Let's, what's a good wall? A wall is supposed to give you safety as well. So a good wall is a high wall Right? At least in the, eye, in the minds of people. Good wall is a high wall, and it's a strong, fortified, strong. So it's a high and strong wall that makes you feel safe. And again, if you look at you know, premises where there are high walls and gates and, and security features, think that's your safety. But you know, there's one little expression. There are four words that changed the meaning of this. Until your high and fortified walls come down throughout your land. The four words in the middle are in which you trust. In which you trust. Where is my trust? Is my trust in the gates and the walls? Is my trust in these man-made safeties and securities? Is my trust in institutions and laws? It's good to have them, but that shouldn't be my primary trust because all those things will fall. All those things will fall. Whether it's due to natural decay or corrosion, or intentional destruction. And if you, if you look at it, even the great pyramids, right, a monument, have corroded over time. And while they still stand, they're certainly not the way they looked thousands of years ago. Walls and monuments and buildings and fortresses and castles around the world are there, but they're dilapidated. 
Because that's not where our trust must be. Job 15.31 says that we should not trust in futile things deceiving ourselves. You know, if we trust in futile things, in human things, in limited things, in material things, in destructive things, in corrodible things, it's deception. We deceive ourselves. But we keep building them up for ourselves. The concept of building higher walls. I mean, even when you look at, you know, different types of policy and different types of political decisions, people think that that the solutions are in walls. But that's not where solutions are. Solutions are in faithfulness and justice. Solutions are in humanity. Solutions are in going back to who we really are and what we really stand for. And so what do we look at during this Lent? The real faithfulness that didn't corrode, the walls that did not come down, the gates that were not destroyed, and the promises that were not broken. And that was the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. To save us. To restore us. To give us life once again. To explain that our lives were worth so much more and of so much more value that he himself came to journey on this earth alongside us for a few years but then leave us this incredible message and example over millennia. This is the faithfulness we think about. This is the trustworthy God we're talking about. It's not in our own institutions or our own securities or our own selves. It is in him within us. And of course, if my heart is guided by him, if my heart is guided, my mind is guided by him, if my spirit is guided by him, then it will be according to his trustworthy and faithful spirit. Why is it that when you speak to people of the old generation and some younger people, they'll say, I really need to think about this before I make a decision and I need to pray while I'm thinking. What's the relevance of prayer? Why pray? I mean, what are you, just delaying the inevitable? Prolonging the process? Why pray? Why do we pray? Because I don't want to lean on my own understanding only. I want to lean on my understanding led by the Spirit of God. I want to lean on my understanding directed by God's discernment. I want to lean on my own understanding as inspired. That's why. That's the importance of it. That's the relevance. It is to know that it's not just my own understanding. These are not just my walls. 
this is not just my gate. It is so much more. Because we'll be told that we're wrong. And, and I think, you know, in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, um, one of the things where Nehemiah goes back and he wants to build the walls of Jerusalem, and he's mocked. They mocked them. You know, we're told that Sanabalot heard that they were building the wall, and he was furious and indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke saying, what of these feeble Jews? What are they doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will this flimsy wall keep us out? And guess what? It did. Because it was led by God. It wasn't about the wall, because the wall was there before it was destroyed. Those gates were burnt with fire, and they fell. It wasn't about the wall. It wasn't about the gates. It was about what was behind it. And so although our own walls and our own gates had fallen down before as humanity, when we fell, this time they were built up with something so much more. This building now, this fortress, this keep, this place of refuge was now Christ himself. And that is something that cannot and will not be destroyed. It cannot and will not fall or fail. We are not just followers of Christ. We are in Christ. We're not just human beings living in the world. We are alive in him. And through the resurrection we have realized that that life is a life that no one can take from us. It is a life that we could possibly give away. It's a life that we could possibly feel that we don't need because we follow a different path. We follow a different sense of, of, of value and choice and sanctity and faithfulness, but it can't be taken away from us. And this is why during this fast we focus on that. We build ourselves. We build ourselves on the knowledge that he is our wall now. He is our gates. He is our victory and he is our life. And we prepare ourselves for that in building. Because God also doesn't want to manipulate us. He doesn't want to micromanage our lives. He puts us on a path. He gives us directions. He keeps putting up signposts throughout the way. But then he leaves us to journey. He will surely, willingly, happily journey with us. But he won't push us along the road, nor drag us. He will accompany us. He will even support us. But he will not enforce anything. 
And that's why he came. He came that we may have life. And that's why he came and then left. I've come. I am now leaving. I am sending the Holy Spirit. He will give you, that's what he said to his disciples, give you everything I told you. He will remind you of all the things I have taught you. And then, he will be able to direct you. Direct your hearts and your minds and your decisions. Direct your life in every way. And that's our hope. Our hope is in knowing him and knowing his resurrection that we know he is victorious. And it's not just because we want to be on the winning side. Right? That just, that's, that's not even gracious. One person I know really well, you know, and he grew up, I saw him growing up from single-digit age. And he followed this one football team that never, ever won. And you think, why are you doing that? But he was so faithful. You know, and I, I, I respect that. Apparently they've started winning games now which is a good thing for him because I really am happy for him. But that's so much more honorable than someone else I know who put all his force behind the team because this was the winning team. And the minute they stopped being winning team, he jumped ship and went to another team. It's not really gracious. So we don't want to be with our Lord because this is the winning team. We want to be with him because this is life. And winning doesn't just mean I'm better than anybody else. Winning means that I have life and life that no one can take away from me. We don't want to be self-righteous. We don't want to, to be proud in a worldly way that is corruptive and corrodive. We want to be righteous in a way that is godly. That says, I love God. And because I love God, I know he will support me. And because I love God, I will love everyone, even those who don't love God. And I will show them mercy and justice. I will be sa sacred and sanctified in what I do. I will live a blessed life because of my Savior. And through, so through this Lent, I want us to understand that. What are we working towards? We're working towards the realization of a promise that our strength is in something that is undeniable, indestructible. Now our Lord said, I'll Destroy this temple and build it in three days. They didn't understand. What, really? This? No, not that, because anyone can destroy that. And anyone can rebuild it. My temple? No one can destroy. Because I will rebuild it. And that is what we are preparing ourselves for. That is the journey we are on. <coughs> That, of course, means that we're going to be attacked. 
And it sometimes will look like we've been defeated. But that's the reason for the wall. It's the reason for the gates. It's the reason for our faith in him. Knowing that even if we look defeated, even if we're on the cross, we know that the resurrection comes after that. And true victory comes after apparent defeat. And glory be to God forever.